Welcome to Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you'll hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources. I'm your host, Marilyn Germain. In this episode, Hart Kaminker, attorney at law, talks about employment and immigration laws in Canada and how they impact HR professionals. Hart founded Kaminker and Associates in 2004, a full-service boutique immigration law firm that helps individuals and businesses with relocation to Canada. He helps biotech, tech, and healthcare companies bring skilled workers from out of the country to work in their companies. Hart has nearly three decades of experience in immigration and citizenship law. He often speaks at events for the Canadian Bar Association and other community organizations in the greater Toronto area. Hart, can you share some statistics related to the number of employees who immigrated from the U.S. to Canada for work? You know, the the exact statistics, I'm not aware of an exact figure because it's not there's sort of a global figure of workers that are moving from all places in the world to Canada. But suffice it to say that it is it is a large number. So there are a large number of workers moving both ways from both the United States into Canada and Canada, the United States, and professionals, people who are you know working for companies that have places of business both in Canada and the United States. You have people who are specialized in the high tech industry who are coming up to Canada to provide guidance to high tech companies here, doctors, you know, so people in the healthcare field. So without putting a precise number on the exact figure, it, 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 there is a lot of movement between uh, United States to Canada of workers coming to Canada. And in some cases, those worker, workers ultimately becoming permanent residents in Canada. You say there are more Canadians coming to the US or more Americans going to Canada? I would probably say, you know, just based on population itself, I would say probably more Americans coming to Canada. Now, having said that, I would venture to say that, you know, those who end up remaining permanently, probably far more Canadians are going to end up remaining permanently in the United States than Americans who are coming to work in Canada. So Americans who may be coming up here, you know, for a time specified period. So they may be coming to give, let's say, consulting services to a company here in Canada. Those people generally would not ultimately remain in Canada permanently, nor, you know, people who are coming to work for the Canadian office or branch of a, a U.S. company or might be a multinational and they've been transferred to Canada. So while I would think probably the number of workers are greater coming into Canada from the United States, I think those who end up remaining permanently, that is saying this is where I want to make my home, not returning back to Canada, the United States, are probably Canadians. And there are large you know, Canadian populations, certainly, you know, in some of the areas, like certainly out in Northern California in the high tech area and other high tech areas where they've gone to work and as well people in the healthcare field also. In what industries are foreign born workers mostly employed in Canada? I mean, Canada, as other, as other countries, is in need of workers. So you find workers across the entire spectrum of you know kinds of jobs that are available in Canada. So you certainly high tech. So you know that's big area where a lot of foreign workers are working and Canada has programs to try to attract high-tech workers, to try to make it easier for companies to be able to attract high-end talent to help in the tech industry. So I think that would be one area. 
Another area would be healthcare, doctors and other allied health professionals who are working in hospitals or other healthcare settings. I mean, this would be, in some cases, I wouldn't say particularly more so, but definitely, you know, in more remote areas of Canada where it may be more difficult to attract doctors or allied health professionals to work. That's where you would see perhaps a foreign trained healthcare workers working. And then you also have people like even, you know, in the service industry working in, um, you know, in the farming industry on the seasonal basis, in the agricultural industry, uh, and even in, you know, as the service industry. So uh, whether that's hotels, obviously less so now because of the pandemic, restaurants. So those were areas where you'd have seen a lot of foreign workers. What are the current gaps in recruitment in Canada, perhaps geographically? So, so geographically, I mean, historically, you know, I would say Canada's had difficulty attracting people into the rural areas. And that, you know, that might be a case. I, mean, I don't know if that's a problem that's just Canadian. It might be a problem for other countries who are attracting foreign workers. But, but generally, it's rural areas for a few reasons in Canada. Some of the rural areas obviously are in areas that can get quite cold in the winter. People don't necessarily want to go there. But, but I would say that that's where they geographically have gaps. And certainly, the government has tried to create programs that will attract people to those areas. So setting up special programs leading to permanent residence, like the same as the green card in the United States, to attract people to go to those more remote or rural communities so that they have greater potential for economic growth and as well that they are being serviced by the kinds of professionals that communities need to be serviced by. Industry-wide, probably, you know, it's more recent, you know, in the last 18 or 20 months or so, but healthcare, you know, is, is now an area where, you know, that there are shortages for, you know, a number of reasons. Um, and I would think going forward, that's going to be an area where um, certainly there have to be a concentration on recruitment to foreign workers. Is it financially attractive for Americans to go and work in Canada in, in healthcare? It can be. Generally, I think probably in more remote areas, you'll probably be paid a little bit more than you're going to be paid in an urban area. And, and the cost of living, obviously, is, is far lower than living in an urban area. So that can be financially attractive. I mean, the reality is, businesses, if they want to, if they need to attract people, you know, obviously need to be able to pay salaries that are going to attract people to be able to come to work in Canada. But, you know, I think that's one benefit that may just be a change in lifestyle, again, depending upon where you ultimately end up working, just to expand on that. So if you're going to go to a more rural community, you know, you're going to tend to have a, you know, a more quiet lifestyle, if that's what you're looking for, you know, like Toronto, where I'm from, it is, it's a big city, an urban city, very busy, lots of traffic densely populated, you know, not as densely populated as many other cities in the world, but, you know, it's crowded and and you're going to get sort of that urban lifestyle that may be more hectic. Uh, whereas if you go to a remote, a more rural area, like uh, outside of Toronto, then you're going to get a, a quieter lifestyle and that might be something that people are looking for. But, you know, just generally, I think the culture is a little bit different up here and maybe is becoming more separated from the United States. So, you know, that would be, you know, perhaps another attraction, even if, you know, the finance, the financial benefit may be, even if there's a saw off on the financial benefit. And I think the other would be people coming here would be to get opportunities that they might not have open to them in the United States. So whether that's research opportunities that might be here, because there are some very good you know, healthcare institutions, certainly in, in Toronto and the greater Toronto area, Toronto and the surrounding area. And in, um, in, in other cities in Canada as well. 
What should human resource professionals know about the laws surrounding the hiring of foreign employees in Canada? There's a lot to know, and I think that's probably where a legal professional comes into play. So I think what they need to know is what kinds of permissions the employer requires in order to hire a foreign worker. So in many cases, an employer does need to go through a process to obtain permission to hire a foreign worker. That would have been a, a recruitment process, and the government has very you know, specific requirements with respect to that recruitment process. So they would need to know that. They would need to know as well, if you want to get around the recruitment process, there are ways to do that. So knowing whether or not exemptions from that process are applicable to the worker in question would be something a human resources professional would want to know. And then as well, what the requirements are for the employers. So there are follow-ups on the employer, um, auditings of employers after hiring foreign workers to ensure that the conditions that the, you know, the food's pay and vacation and what the worker is doing, what the worker's been hired to do, there is auditing to ensure that what the employer set out to the Canadian government that they're going to do for the employees actually um, been done. And so these are the things that they would need to know. And it's especially important for employers to know about those compliance requirements, because if an employer is not compliant, then there can be you know, serious financial penalties, as well as penalties with respect to being able to hire foreign workers in the future, which can be you know, very detrimental or could get detrimental to many employers. You know, no employer would want to be in that position. So that's sort of an overview of the kinds of things that a human resources professional would need to know in hiring a foreign worker in Canada. You find that immigration and employment laws have changed regarding citizens immigrating to or from Canada since the Biden administration. I wouldn't say that there's anything that's been directed you know, specifically at the Biden administration or, or in the United States. The ability for some Americans to work in Canada is easier than for some other nationalities because of the free trade agreement between Canada and the United States. And that hasn't changed under the Biden administration. That was renegotiated under the Trump administration. But the changes as far as immigration and workers crossing the border was were, were not significant. I would answer no. I don't think anything's really changed. And then as far as getting permanent residence in Canada, so not just being having the ability to work in Canada temporarily, but having permanent residence in Canada, that uh, that's you know e equally applicable to Americans as it is to people of other nationalities. I think Americans have the advantage if they have certain qualifications, um, having the ability to be able to work in Canada more easily. So, for example, many professionals, and if I go back to what I spoke about a couple of minutes ago about employers having to go through a process, a recruitment process, which they show to the Canadian government to be able to hire a foreign worker, one way around that for American professionals, or doctors, lawyers, accountants, management consultants, university professors, dentists, I mean, you can go down the list, there are many, I can't list them all here, but they're able to work in Canada more easily because all they need to have is an offer of employment in Canada and then meet certain educational requirements to be able to do that work in Canada. And, and if, they, if they can demonstrate those requirements, then they can come and work in that job and the employer doesn't have to do any recruiting at all. That's one way that people can come in, Americans can come into Canada more easily. If, if Americans have invested or purchased a business here in Canada, that would be another avenue in which they can come into Canada on a work permit. So there are a number of avenues in which Americans can come in more easily than other nationalities. And Mexicans would be obviously included because they're included in the freight treaty agreement, but you know, many other nationalities. And then once they're here, then 
you know, they can work their way towards permanent residence if that's what they want. So in that way, I think Americans certainly have an advantage over other, you know, many other nationalities who are trying to come and work in Canada. Unless you're French from France, right? Right. right. So, yeah. So, so there are some other exceptions. I said the Mexicans would fall into the same category, more, mostly as Americans, not completely, but mostly. And then, yeah. So there are francophone programs as well. In, in Quebec, uh, which is the French, the French-speaking province, the, it has really a diff- almost, I wouldn't say a separate immigration system, but it has a, a completely different system than the rest of Canada. As I said, francophones are definitely. Outside of Quebec, there are programs that make it easier for for francophones coming to you know French speaking jobs uh, to be able to get a work permit. I want to ask you a question about the language proficiency in parts of Canada that are francophone. I mean, is that a requirement? Could language be a requirement? Being able to speak English is often a requirement. So when an employer makes this application to hire a foreign worker, they will have to indicate you know what kind of language requirement is required for English or French for speaking, reading, writing, listening, sort of the four components of language. It can certainly be a requirement. And, and I think a work permit could be refused if a visa officer or if the person's making it at the port of entry, border services officer, thinks that the person doesn't speak the language and couldn't carry out the work that they're destined to Canada to do without being able to speak the language. So to that extent, I would say yes, there can be a language requirement. Having said that, from a more practical point of view, if you're coming to work in business, for example, you're coming high tech, you're coming as an accountant or whatever, you know, know, a professional of of some sort, then if you're going to Quebec, the reality is you you really need to speak French. If you don't speak French, it's it's going to be very difficult to do any kind of business there or to operate in in, in a business environment. I mean, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put that as a complete blanket, but I think having some proficiency in French is as close to a requirement, I think, as it could be. What's the process and the cost associated with hiring foreign workers in Canada? So what an employer needs in many cases, or most cases, let's say, to hire a foreign worker is something called the labor market impact assessment. So the employer needs to apply for that. If they're able to get a positive decision on labor market impact assessment, the employee takes that and applies for the work permit based on that. What the employer needs to do as I said before, is to engage in recruitment for the position in question. There are you know, very um, defined requirements with respect to how the recruitment is to be conducted with respect to the wage that uh, needs to be offered you know, as against market conditions uh, for the wage for the job in question. These are the kinds of things that an employer needs to do. And then they do the recruitment, they make the application for the labor market impact assessment, and if they get it, then the employer applies for a work permit. So the costs, in many cases, the labor market impact assessment, the fee is $1,000. So that's a government cost. Work permit costs are $150. I mean, if there are dependents who are joining them, there may be other um, immigration costs as well associated with permits for family members, you know, a dependent spouse or children. Those are the upfront government costs that are associated with hiring a foreign worker. There are some cases where that $1,000 doesn't need to be paid, but it's in pretty much in most cases. Now, as I mentioned before, there are some exceptions to that labor market impact assessment process. So, for example, if uh, company ABC uh, located in you know Dallas, Texas has an office in Toronto and wants to move one of their managers up to Toronto to head up a new division, let's say, in the Toronto office, then they do not need to go through the labor market impact assessment because that's considered an intercompany transfer. So 
he's, he's transferring from one office of the company to another office. They're the associated costs, again, $150 for the work permit. And uh, again, there may be associated costs if a dependent spouse or children are joining the worker in Canada. And then there's a $235 cost uh, to the employer as in, because the employer actually ha- has to register that job offer, even if that intercompany job offer with the Canadian government, and there's a fee to do that. And they must do that before the worker arrives in Canada. My understanding of American law, immigration law, is that companies have to prove that they cannot find an American worker in order to be able to hire someone who is from abroad. Is that the case in Canada? That's exactly what I was describing before. So that's the labor market impact assessment, the recruitment. So they have to recruit and they have to show that they can't find a Canadian citizen or permanent resident to fill the position. And if they can show that, then they'll get permission to hire the foreign worker. If they can't show that or they can't show that to the satisfaction of the Canadian government, then they cannot hire the foreign worker. As I mentioned, there are some exceptions to that. So that would be, for example, American professionals who are on the list of professions that can come to Canada to work. In that case, if an employer was hiring, let's say, an American engineer, just as an example, and they do not have to go through the process of trying to recruit Canadian citizen or permanent resident. The other example I mentioned just a moment ago, where there's intercompany movement, of, and it's not any worker, it's a management executive or specialized knowledge worker. So they have to meet a certain criteria in order to qualify. What about training equivalency? Are there any U.S.-Canada work equivalency issues in some fields, especially in healthcare? There may be. You know, with respect to licensing requirements, I think for the most part, licensing of individuals who have been educated and trained in the United States, licensing in Canada doesn't pose problems. So in generally, I can't say this would be the case for in, in every single case where somebody has been educated or trained. But I think in most cases, the equivalent of, you know, an engineering degree in the U.S. would be equivalent to an en- engineering degree in Canada, the same, let's say, for a nursing degree or medical degree again, you know, without saying that that would be the case in, you know, in every single case, in every single school that somebody might be educated in the United States. But I would think that equivalency would be there in most cases. So you've been in the field for well, over 30 years. Have you seen an increase overall in the number of workers moving to Canada? No, I, I, I think definitely uh, there, there's been an increase, well, definitely a demand. I mean, lots of people wanting to work in Canada. But I would say definitely an increase in workers working in Canada. And, and there's you know, lots of reasons for that. One being that there are shortages in certain areas. The other is Canada's desire is, I think, probably not different than other countries to try to attract high-end talent to Canada, especially in the high-tech industry, to help develop that industry here in Canada in, in the different sort of aspects that flow from the high-tech and IT industries. So there's definitely been an effort to to attract more workers and then you know demographics so demographics are such that Canada needs immigration to continue to grow one of the avenues or one of the ways to try to get people here and and ultimately to immigrate to Canada is to have mechanisms whereby they can come in on work permits or if they come in on work permits uh, mechanisms whereby they have a pathway to permanent residence. So in that way, I think there definitely has been more workers flowing into Canada than certainly when I started many, many years ago. Thank you, Hart, for your insights on employment and immigration laws in Canada and how they might impact HR professionals. 
Thank you very much for having me today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you will hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources.